So welcome back to Runners on Trail, the trail running podcast by Pat Runners. For Pat Runners, my name's Thane. And I'm Anthony, and in this podcast we're going to talk about Thane's running of the Dales Highway all the way back in May 2022. This is Runners on Trail, episode 32. Runners on Trail. So welcome back. Once again, it's been a while, <laughs> but we did have eight episodes of the Cape Roth Ultra podcast to get out and then just wanted a little break before we carried on. And we've had a break as well for reasons that will become apparent in this podcast, I think. Yeah, we will allude to them and we'll cover it in more detail in the next one. Yeah, but you know, he's back. He's here. Um, he's only got one leg now, though. <laughs> But I had two when I was doing the race. He had two when he was doing the Dells Highway. Yeah. So, mate, tell me all about the Dells Highway, which I know very little about because a little bit of the course crosses bits of the Felsman course. Yes, correct. Uh, and I noticed that when I looked at the map because yeah. it's got you got sort of Dent and Ingleborough, I think. Yes, correct. And, and stuff. So a little bit of it crosses the Felsman course, but that's literally. Oh, and I also know that there's a version for good and strong people that goes to high cup nick and then for weak people there's one that doesn't go to high cup nick which one did you do i did the weak person's <laughs> one yeah no surprise there so it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's sorry no it's no insult meant at all to any of you that did that it's just me ribbing fame <laughs> so it's a thing run by the pink panther so pink panther or punk panther punk panther not Pink Panther. No. But yeah, yeah. That was a TV programme. Yeah, yeah. They're based up in the north in Yorkshire. And this event was, I think, the longest one they do. It's a 90-mile course, which goes from Saltaire up to Appleby in Westmoreland. But there is an additional optional 50 miles extra, which goes up to High Cut Nick, which for people who've listened to the episodes we've done on Bind Race will know that that features as a, a significant point of interest on that route. And High Cut um, Nick, on its right day, is one of the most stunning bits of <laughs> landscape in the world, I would yes, suggest. Yes, So I, I would, yeah, I think on most days it looks very stunning, unless you happen to have gone there at like two o'clock in the morning in the snow on the spine race, and you can't see anything. But it's it's an amazing place. I highly recommend everyone goes there. But I can, I can see why, if you've been up there already... And you think, do you know what, when I've done 90 miles, I don't want to do another 15. I can imagine why you wouldn't do it if you've done yeah. something like Spine. Because I've seen the pictures of you there when you did Summer Spine. Yes. And, you know, the views were amazing and everything. You, you, you're never going to get it better than you probably got no. on that those days. And there's a point of commitment, because if you do those extra 50 miles, yes, you get a bit more time. But if you fail to do the 105, then you can't get credit for doing the 90 either. Right. So to me, it was just like, oh, that's a bit more risk. I'm not sure I'm fully up to that. In 2022, I was planning, to, I think I'd booked five ultras. And the first one, which was more of a 80K or something, 100K um, race, I couldn't do because I had COVID. Um, I got COVID a few days beforehand, so I wasn't allowed to go. Those restrictions were obviously still in place. Uh, not that even if you had COVID now, you wouldn't, you wouldn't go. You wouldn't, wouldn't be you running, you wouldn't be racing. So I couldn't go to that one. So I didn't have a warm-up one before this one. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I signed up for the 90 anyway, to be fair. And it's a relatively new race by them. But I think it's the longest one they do. 
the significant thing about this one and this route is it's kind of a new trail. It was only set up in 2007 by a couple called Chris and Tony. And they set it up to follow the railway. So you've got the opportunity to get back along the railway from different points on the route if you need to. And so does your entry fee include you getting back to where you started on the, on the railway? No, you've got to pay for your own ticket. Okay. But they will give you a lift to the station if you ask nicely. That's all right. <laughs> and and it, it, because it's kind of more of a modern route, they were able to stitch together interesting places and the most interesting kind of green lanes or paths they could to join the places, as opposed to some of the older trails, which were like packing horse routes or think you'll yeah. see what I mean. So yeah, they, yeah. they were able to kind of cast it in a more modern, let's stitch together these nice places, which really sets it, I think, a little bit apart from some of the other trails runs I've done, because you go to some, you get some wonderful views along the way. You really thought about it. So it's set up in 2007. Um, they were actually running the uh, on the first aid station. So I managed to uh, chat to them there. Okay. Come on to that. But, um, and I'll have to check back. I think there's only like 35 of us or so running the race. The, the guidebook looks really nice, uh, apart from the fact that yours is in absolute tatters. Yeah, yeah. I think the waterproof, it comes in a waterproof sleeve, but the map itself isn't waterproof. It's, you know, it's fairly robust, but unfortunately it was a bit misty and stuff. And it's a bit misty. <laughs> that's what, yeah, that, I think that's a euphemism for it. It looks like it was possibly a little bit rainy. And I was jamming it down the front of my trail pack and therefore right. my sweaty body moving all over it as well. I, I'm not going to touch that now. <laughs> but no, the, the, the guide book is actually really good because it's got lots of little call out boxes and tips about you know jump over this style do this make sure you stay to the left of this wall and all those kind of little bits that that don't necessarily show up on a, on a map and um, quite subtle points and it, it turns out sometimes i wasn't looking at it and i might have gone slightly wrong and guess what the answer was in the book answer was in if the only book. i'd read it probably. if only you could have read it in the, in the rain <laughs> in the dark at night with a yeah. it smudged logistics um i stayed up in a youth hostel uh, and travel to the start um, in the morning. It starts at Saltaire, and Saltaire is just north of Bradford. It's an, a, a lovely old place, Saltaire, um, which used to have a, a, a big mill and stuff and things. Quite a nice place. Right. And then, uh, yeah, it started there. I was a few minutes late to set off. Um, there was kind of, I think it was two start times, so I started earlier than some of the other runners. So anyway, it was quite, quite casual. Uh, they just checked my kit over uh, and off I went. Um, and you Big go, kit list? Average kit list. Okay. Headed north out of there and you basically head up up a, a nice little valley and across some fields. I remember running past a guy who was um, in kind of camouflage down ready to film natural wildlife. And I think the last thing he expected at like six in the morning in his camouflage with his long telephoto lens with loads of runners running past going, all right there, mate. <laughs> You look a bit hacked off. Well, you know, I, I, we might have had this conversation before on the podcast, but I've heard people talking about the use of drones in trail races and moaning about, you know, I don't want to hear the buzzing of a drone while I'm running in a trail race. And I always think that people who say that are sort of just very focused on what they're doing and stuff. And, you know, I'm sure, like, as you said, that most wildlife uh, photographers or people who want to enjoy wildlife don't really like a hundred runners tramping across the countryside in front of them when they're trying to watch it. But we've all got to share the space, right? And, and you know, and we've all got to do stuff. So, yeah, uh, it's a pity. I'm sure he was a bit upset, but hey-ho. Um, yeah. You know, I'm, you weren't there for long, right? No. No, exactly. I was actually running at this point still. Wow. Well, there we go. doesn't happen often for you, so. <laughs> so, um, yeah, headed up onto Ilkley Moor, which is lovely. 
um, and ran along there. And it was one of those lovely mornings where the mist was hanging in the dales. Okay. So when you were up along the top, you were looking down, and it was just like this river of mist going through the valleys. Gorgeous. Um, absolutely wonderful. Are those skylarks? Oh, I don't know, my birds. Um, so, doing the Dales Highway, about, oh, I don't know, a couple of miles in, three maybe. Um, lovely morning, really is dew on the ground, sun low in the sky, started at six. It's uh, just going over. Ooh. Oh, look at that view. Oh, look at that. Gorgeous. Yeah, so 90 miler. Uh, 36 hours, although I started an hour early. They did a staggered start. So I've actually got 37, I think. But I don't know if they're going to be full 36. But anyway, I'm going to be well clear of that. It's starting in the South Dales. Saltaire, um, running on a map for the Dales Highway, which is a guidebook. The first checkpoint is um, manned by the two people that wrote it. So, Tony and Chris Grogan. Um, it's a good map, actually. Accurate. Um, it's a uh, bespoke we created with good notes so all the right features on there you need to navigate so liking that and it's nice to be forced to do a bit of map reading I do have the GPX on my watch which is got a alert if I go too far of course but I'm, but I'm navigating with the map I can't rely on my watch to navigate with it's not got a map on it it's just a breadcrumb trail so um feels a bit like orienteering <laughs> keeps the brain busy note to self though my knee still isn't particularly great left knee it's okay it's okay for running but it any kind of load that's a bit abnormal than stuff it grumbles a lot and under high load so I put KT tape on it but I did that after putting my suntan lotion on and it hasn't stuck never mind it was precautionary right almost to the top of pain one of like 24 I think on the route um better get to do some running and then from there headed down to Addingham See, I've heard of all these places. If you're from the UK, these are all sort of famous Yorkshire names, but I haven't been to many yeah, of them like at all. Ilkley is like yes. a well-known name. You know, Skipton, um, Settle. Yeah. Um, Chapel the Dale. You know, we've talked about Dent, Sedbra. So I've just looked the race up, and what you didn't tell me was how much vert there is in this thing. Four and a half thousand metres a climb. That's 14, 14 and a half thousand feet. That's a lot of vert. That's a lot of vert over 90 miles. Yeah. I mean, most 100 milers are probably getting on for 11, 12, aren't they? That's quite... Yeah. I guess it's got Inglebury in there and also the, the Howgills. So, yeah, there's some but reasonable that, hills that, on it. Yeah, reasonable hills. But that, those pictures you've got there are beautiful. Yeah. It's absolutely so amazing. So that's across Ilkley Moor. You can see all the mist in the valleys. We'll have to post some of these. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely gorgeous. And it was a lovely morning. You know, lovely running. Because when was that? That was like 
seven thirty in the morning. We've been going for like an hour and a half or something. That was um, wonderful. Nice. Yeah. nice. So then, hey, you... look at photos of you smiling. Bet you weren't smiling by the end. <laughs> well, you always hit that point, don't you? It's like God, God, God. Oh. And I think you know to put into context, you know, you've had problems with your left knee for a number of years now, caused by a freak gardening accident. Um, and, and that's not really that's not a joke. That really is true. <laughs> really true. But you know, you've had issues with it, and you did spine. I think uh, I, I did spine just before. Yeah. So I did the spine in that was obviously in the January. I had lots of I had problems with my with my legs just that that was with muscle tightness and I had um, problems at the back of my Achilles as well and stuff. but that was you know spine was, was 2019 so yeah that was before I had uh, my incident gardening but yeah it was literally that was happening just on the back and that was just before I did the uh, the canal race yeah so it was literally the um, a few days before the canal race that I did my knee in um, of which more later yeah next podcast but yeah but as uh, consequently I've I've always been worried about my knee we kind of thought it was obviously an mcl and various other bits and pieces but anyway i've I've not been doing as much training as i should be and part of that was subconsciously me thinking this isn't right this doesn't feel like i should be doing loads of training so it's more saving myself for events and not just going out to do six milers all the time and bashing the roads of bristol and stuff like that so um, which of course probably is is you know when you think about it potentially it's doubly counterproductive because possibly by training you think you've not necessarily now because we know what's wrong with it, but before you might actually think, actually, if you train on it, you probably make it stronger and that led yes. to make it better. But conversely, yeah. you hold back because you're worried about injuring it. So, yeah, I was always conflicted between what was the right thing to do, what I was being told, and what I felt didn't quite match up in hindsight. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was the wrong thing to do well, to keep running on it. But anyway, it is what it is. So, so uh, yes, I was probably undertrained for this event, but really looking forward to it. You know, as I say before in these podcasts, if, you know, if, it's the adventure which I find really, really, uh, you know, attractive. And what I thought would be really cool is actually running past places we've already been on things. You're touching places or getting close to places you've done on the kind of the, the not, spine not, race. Not, not touching, the, not in an inappropriate way. There's no inappropriate <laughs> touching going on here. Touching places like the Felsman, etc. So there was these points that I knew I could kind of get to and go, oh, I know this bit. I've run this bit before. Oh, this. I'm looking forward to that bit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Magnetic places to kind of pull you along. It's so, almost like you've done sort of a recce, but sort of not. Yeah. And I, I, I was running a little bit with some other runners around this stage. There was one guy I was running with for about half an hour or so. Um, a nice chap. He was a little bit faster than me. Had some, also some people who had started way all behind me as well, but were bombing past like literally going twice the speed i was some bona fide um really fast and what were the trails like they're pretty good it's a good selection of stuff so it's, it's not much rough stuff there was only a few bits on the whole route where you were really kind of like i'm not quite sure where i was going or, or you know you're not quite sure where the path is you knew you you know you're within 20 meters of it but it's kind of a bit lost and in particular that that's coming down and around the kind of the northern area down into Sebra and then going up the Howgills, the paths are extremely ropey at best. Right, so um, technical, <clears throat> would you call it technical or is it just they're just non-existent? No, in those places they were kind of non-existent right, okay. really. But it wasn't it wasn't very much. I don't want to overdo this. I don't think it's anything, you know, um like Cape Wrath or anything in that right. sense. Um it was rough in a few places, but mostly it, it, it's kind of it's it's kind of mark trail relatively well worn it's not quite a lot of it's really nice running because it's that kind of up and downy yeah. around the bends little not just straight bumps, straight not just straight you know interest you know what i mean yeah, kind absolutely. of like little, little roller coasters of runs and stuff like that 
Um, there's also some some tracks and bits and pieces, but but largely it, it, it's kind of really really nice selection of, of of things to run on. So cool, no complaints there at all. So I was doing reasonably well, I think I was doing okay against my kind of rough schedule that I had, and then came up to made my way to the first checkpoint, which is where um, we met um, Tony and his wife Chris. Just approaching checkpoint one, which is in Addingham. Must be Tony or Chris. <laughs> yeah, Tony, that's Chris. Nice to meet you. <laughs> you doing all right? Yeah. Is it pain? It is pain, it yes. Right. Yeah. Oh, right. I'm just come to say hello to you. How long ago did you do the do the route? 2007. Right, okay. We hmm. devised it and hmm. in the book we published That's the book in 2008. Years, yeah. So right. we've been. Do you take milk in your tree? Yes, please. So it's, it's, it's pretty well warped, you know, hmm. people like sick. Hmm. And with the first runners, Tony, the group of. There you go. Rangers yeah, a couple of Yorkshire Rangers ran it first. They ran it mm. But they took, I mean, it was Oh, well, well, it's 36 hours cut off for this. <laughs> so I might be 36, is absolutely fine for yeah, me. 35 yeah. hours and 59 minutes. <laughs> yeah, Have you done good. this sort of length before? Yeah. yeah. Do you get to tuck it in then when you're running? Not yeah, I try to. And, yeah. yeah, I try to. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, I, can't, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it, I don't think. It's the experience that, that's the important thing for me. Yeah. Get some good views on this one. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. It's clear in that. Looking forward to getting to Malham Tarm because I've been there so many times on different routes and things. So, um, yeah. Yeah, you'd be through Skipton next that'd be quite busy. No. Right, I best get going. Well, thanks very much indeed. Yeah, Cheers, right, take care. Thank you. Bye. Cheers. Bye. So that was in Addingham at 12 and a half miles. So how were you feeling at that point? Uh, uh, reasonably okay. I was I was kind of pacing myself reasonably all right. So I was I was at that early stage where you're kind of like, yeah, yeah, this is cool. This is cool. I'm 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 running, I'm jogging, I'm you know, walking the odd bit. But basically, I was absolutely fine, in control on my kind of schedule, okay. enjoying the early morning and utterly inspired by the views and uh, the, the, the what had been gifted to us that morning, which always of, helps, doesn't it, massively? Yeah. Tell me a bit more about the Dales Highway. So. Chris and Tony invented it, for want of a better mm -hmm. term. Is it an officially marked route as the Dales Highway, or are you effectively stitching together bits of other paths and having to follow their markers, or is it a marked route as the Dales Highway? It's a marked route. Okay. But it's a you know, relatively new one, and they constantly have to go along the route and put new markers on, right. um, which might have fallen down or taken off, whatever. Yeah. So I don't think it's quite as well marked as Pennine Way or, yeah. or some of the other ones we might have done. In some places, it gets a little bit, oh, I can't see any markers here. But, they, they, you know, it's a constant kind of talking to the local park representatives to put them on and farmers and things like that. Right. So so by and large, it's kind of got some kind of markers on there, but you can't rely on them fully. No. And had they put out additional markers for the race or were you just following no, the way markers? To... Just following the way markers. Okay. So I think one of the requirements, I think, was, you know, make sure you can read a map kind of thing. And Always useful whenever you're out on the trails. <laughs> yeah. So from there, headed on to Skipton. So here you're going over a, a, a few more kind of rolling countryside kind of bits of the route and head down into Skipton, first of all. You know, more, more of a major centre. Uh -huh. So you have to actually run through the 
town run through the town there's no checkpoint in the town and right. it was it was market day and everyone was up kind of setting up the stalls and that and right. I remember being particularly like trying to fight through crowds of people getting ready to buy off the market stalls being set up yeah. and a little bit kind of frustrated it's like <laughs> only it was only for a few minutes but nonetheless you stand out like a sore thumb and you're like oh, I need to get through here can uh, I can make a little hole in the pavement here for I had me, exactly please? the same when we did and I did the uh, Mendit Marauder going I had to go through Wells Mm. And it was market day. Yeah. <laughs> you literally going, ah, oh, people everywhere want to keep running. <laughs> it's like running for two metres, walking for two metres, running for two metres. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, heading out of Skipton, head up the hills. I remember going past one of these, I think they're called walkers, but people who just walk, like, all the time. And I was <laughs> these walking. These walkers, you know, these, these walking people, people who walk. But you know, you know what I mean? These, these people that just walk, but they walk really well. Like really when you say fast. they just walk, you mean that's what they do for a living? Yeah. Well, I think some of them do. Yeah, you know, you know what I mean. You go no. along the trail. No. And then you're kind of jogging and, and walking or whatever, mixing it. Yeah. And you're being passed by somebody who's just walking. walking. Right. Got it. Because all they yeah. do every day is get up and do a brisk like ten mile walk every morning. Do, do you think there's a walking podcast where they say, you know, and then I saw these people, you know, those those these. These people, you know them, the, the runners. <laughs> Those runners. They run the places. <laughs> but I remember going past this guy and then he came back past me because I'd be like running 100 yards, walking 100 yards. It was, you know, a little bit uphill kind of. Yeah. And he was constantly catching me up and going and kind of going past me. And I said to him, I don't understand how come you, you know, how come you, you walk so fast? He's like, we well, need to do more walking then, don't you? You're not doing enough walking practice. Yeah. And he's wearing his kind of, you know, his boots and stuff like that. Anyway, I've met a few of these people before. People are just living in that area and just get out all the time and doing walking really quickly. Well, I can't remember who it was. Oh, really famous runner. I'm going to find out in a minute. Anyway, and he he could walk the Bob Graham round in 18 hours. Yeah. (laughs) He he did it without running once in 18 hours. He did it again. That's just insane. What, what, it was, it was absolutely um, insane. What was the guy who went to go to get the record, wasn't it? It was like Josh Naylor or something like that. Yeah, yeah, Josh Naylor. But yeah, and I, I've been in the Felsman before, where there was a. I was. I think I mentioned it on one of podcasts. So he was. He was walking all the way, and he kind of beat me by like four or five hours. You yeah. know, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Anyway, walking is a skill, people. And then good <laughs> runners can walk at four miles an hour. Walking is a, think, walking is a this, skill, but but you know, children can do it. Yeah, but four <laughs> miles an hour. If you could do that non-stop, you would set records on on long courses. Oh yeah. Well, you. you know, I mean the. Course record for spine. If you, I think if you, if you went four mile an hour for the whole of spine, uh, you'd thrash the record. I think yeah. the record's done at like three and a half miles an hour. Or something. Yeah, you so, know by Jasmine Paris. Yeah, <laughs> you know it, it's um if you averaged it all out. Yeah, four miles an hour is actually really fast. Anyway, we digress. We well, um, say we digress, but actually, you know, for people who start to get in trail running, this is I think you know or people haven't done a lot of trail running. I think you can gain a lot of comfort from knowing that you know a lot of the records and and for for ultras, you know, you really don't go that fast you know and even the best runners yeah. don't go that fast you know the fact that jasmine paris who didn't sleep i don't think on on spine yeah. still only averaged three and a half miles an hour you know it just shows that you you really don't need to go fast to no. do well in an ultra no no if you're efficient yeah and, and you're not wasting time because that's where you lose all your time you know look back at like spine look at how my, you know, my moving time was compared to you know, if you cut out, even though I didn't felt like I stopped very long, clearly it eats into your time. If you yeah. can cut that down, you can do really well. Yeah. And less time in aid stations, people. Stop mm. spending so much time mm. in aid stations. So we worked up to a peak down then into Hetton, because that's where the next checkpoint was. Look, I'm looking at the information here for the race. So yeah. 25 miles. 
and then from there up around Malham, well-known area. Absolutely, and uh, and so when you get to Malham, you're about a third of the way through the race. Mm-hmm. So you've already said you were running, walking at this point now. Yeah, at thirty miles. Yeah, um, which is you know standard for me. It, it, it's kind of you know jogging the bits you feel you can jog, uh, and walking kind of uphill kind of stuff. So nearly jog, jogging the flats and the downhill, walking the ups. Um, you know, fairly standard fare I think for for most trail runners when you're through that first kind of marathon distance in an event. Yeah, the checkpoint was a bit further than advertised by the mileage, so I kept thinking it was round the next corner, but it was actually a bit further. And it's a bit horrid further. when that happens, especially um, if you're low on stuff. Yeah, and I started to get a bit panicked, but you're starting to cross. You know, Pennine Way route here and Manham Time. You know, a lot of people have been to Manham Time anyway. You're sorry, not Manham, Manham Cove. Yeah. Manham Time. You come up just at the top of the cove, so you literally touch it where you've got the, the crazy paving on the top uh-huh. of the stone pavement. Yeah. And so there's loads of people there, and you turn right and you go up towards Manham Tarn. So there's a little, you come off as you go up the route. You don't follow exactly the route you would do if you were doing the Pennine Way. You go off slightly left, and then uh, so you kind of cross it. But anyway, checkpoint there, and I recorded a bit of that here. So checkpoint three, 32 miles by my clock, I think. It's a bit windy, isn't it? It's a bit windy. <laughs> yeah. When that wind comes up, but when the sun comes out, it's going to be clear. Very, very nice. Thingy style. Hello, hello, hello. Hi. Hi, Yeah. Is this this is Malham checkpoint, right? Yes, it's yeah, Malham I thought I'd missed it. Yeah, not too bad. As long as I can keep at the head of the cutoffs to start with. Yeah. Well, what I didn't know there were cutoffs really. Oh, yeah. I'm not that fast, so I can keep yeah. going, but it's the it's fast cutoffs that do me in. So I think. Can't I'm anywhere near cutoff now, can you? This one closes at three o'clock. Believe it or not. Thank you very much indeed, guys. Take care. Right. Off I do. Got to keep moving. So, can you remember how long? How long have you been going at this point? No, I can't. Okay. <laughs> this is a... S- some time. <laughs> this is a very informative podcast for people, isn't it? I'm, I'm so glad you did so much research before coming over here to record this today. <laughs> oh dear. But I remember being thinking, oh yeah, okay, I'm I'm just ahead of the cutoff times, but actually, oh, okay. they got the, they got they got the uh, the, the timings. I think were slightly wrong for the distance. So uh, actually, I think I was a bit better than what I was. You know, because right. if you average out the distances, I'd gone I'd gone like an extra few miles more than what it said it was. So right. when you do the calculations, I then had a lot more time to, to get to the, the next, next one. one. Right. So much like this one had been pulled forward. Yeah, you know, when I talked, I mentioned it to I think the, the, the team at the checkpoint. They were kind of like, yeah, we know, kind of, you know, it's all it's all okay. They were actually really relaxed. I think they made a point of saying, you know, at the cutoffs, they would use some judgment. The okay. overall race time, your finish time, is hard cut off because that's the requirements of the event. Yeah. Um, but the actual checkpoints, if they thought, no, you're not, you're not going to make it, buddy, they'd kind of pull you. So I think the, the checkpoint cutoffs were more of a kind of a guide. They were not in the habit of kind of just saying, right, you're 10 seconds late to this checkpoint and well, axing you off. And 37 um, hours for a 90-mile race is pretty generous. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I mean, to go wrong, we we talked about the amount of vert there is in this, but even so, 37 hours for a 90-mile race is... Yeah, that's quite generous. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, then headed up around Malham to settle, and then from there, was that the next checkpoint? Pfizer. Pfizer, where's that? I have no idea. It sounds like it should be in the West Country. 
Do you think I shouldn't have gone out on my cycle ride last night and should have been doing research? Yes. They had hot drinks. <gasps> so checkpoint four. See, oh, look at that. Was that Elaine's tea room, have you written there? Yeah, 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 yeah. Car park. Uh, it was open. So, so checkpoint four, I met up with a couple who'd been waiting for me because they remembered me from the spine race. Oh, wow. So they were running the checkpoint. I think it was at checkpoint two on the spine buying race but yeah i remember telling them about because i said oh no you were telling me uh, telling uh, the lady was thinking of, of doing this wanted to build up to do the spine race right but she was really worried about how to do it in cold weather she got really cold and stuff so i was talking about you know the buffalo gear that mm-hmm. i was wearing so i had a similar concern etc and yeah i know they were there and i was like she said oh, i was the one you're talking about you know the jackets too like, oh my god yes so that was one of those oh wow that was really cool so well, i was kind of filling up at the aid station and you know, eating a few bits and pieces um, that they had there and stuff and um, yeah we had a nice 10 minute chat nice so that's another one of these lifting moments absolutely like, it really oh, wow, is that was yeah really yeah cool. And then you, you you reflect on that, don't you, for the next hour or so? Because <laughs> you have nothing to find, not to focus <laughs> on the pain. So that was um, that was nice. And then we were up north, and you're following a lot of this. You're following various rivers and bits and stuff and streams. There were some beautiful places around here that were were just stunningly nice. Look, if I show you some some photographs, look here's the couple, and, and you're just going past some wonderful kind of little specks and streams and it was just a stunningly nice area um, it, looks a, it looks a beautiful run it really does yeah i mean it's just gorgeously stunning isn't it yeah and it's it wasn't just, raining which is nice no no and then you're building yourself up to going up ingleborough you know the next major kind of and that's a big point, on point you know that's one of the three peaks yeah, isn't it? So. yeah so you're meeting lots of people coming down there because it was getting later in the evening. So lots of people who've kind of just gone up for the day walking in Ingborough. And you're going up this time, the back of it. I've never gone up that side of it because you're approaching it from the south. Right. And coolios to my dad for giving me, uh, sending me messages saying, because um, uh, he was monitoring my pace online. Uh-huh. And, and he was giving me the old, oh, you seem to have slowed down. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't speed up, you're not going to make the next checkpoint. Yeah. And I was um, holding back from saying, yeah, it's this big mountain that's in the way, which is the problem. If I wasn't having to answer all these text messages, I might go quicker. Yeah. So I was just looking at these text messages and putting my phone back down and thinking, yeah, there's a 3,000 foot ascent I'm trying to get up at the moment. That's why I might have slowed down. Might not show up on the map you're looking at. Yeah. It's definitely here on the ground. Yeah, it ain't flat yeah, it ain't in flat. Yorkshire. So got up there and it was just you know approaching. It wasn't quite sunset, but you know the sun was just setting. It was going into twilight. Beautiful up there. Obviously, we've been up there on on various um, bits before, yeah. and then obviously you got to come down the bit. You're following the same route then as you come. Down I've been even been up it in the rain. God, yeah, the route down from the road down. I mean, just the, yeah, you know, it is it's just. I mean, it doesn't show it up, but you go. Pe- some people just run down the side of it. It's just, it's just, it's all not far off a, a vertical ladder rock face. Yeah, really, really, you can't. I mean, okay, if you were a mountain goat or top ultra runner, maybe you can go down at a little bit of speed, but you'd have got to have serious leg muscles to do that. Yeah. Um, picking your way down trying not to kill yourself yeah. basically off the back of there and then you follow the same route that we did that you do on the Felsman down um you know you're going through some kind of limestoney bits and stuff like that down to the road and you cut back you don't go up the same way that you did up no you don't side. it's slightly different actually one person was starting to take the Felsman route and I don't know if he'd done the Felsman before, but I was like, oh, you got the wrong way. Like, oh, God, thank you so much. He's kind of wandering through these fields, which are normally closed kind of thing. And um, then you end up getting to Dent. Well, before that, you've got a checkpoint before you get to Dent. If this was in um, someone's garage. 
so they had a, a lovely house on the side. This is Wern side up here. Yeah. And there was a, a garage owned by a couple, and they just opened it up. So it's a huge, you know, really nice large garage. They had like, you know, full on cups of tea and coffee. It was like nice. a really nice aid station. There was a couple of us there, and it was now properly kind of getting dark, and that was wonderful. That felt like probably the most full on aid station on the route, to be honest. Um, and it came just as the right time. You know, you're a good chunk into it at checkpoint five. I don't know what distance we've done then. Well, they say in here that checkpoint five is now Chapel of Dale, and that's not Chapel of Dale. So. Oh, Chapel, oh, it is. Yeah, yeah, it is. Dale, yeah. Okay, sorry. So Chapel of Dale is about 50 miles. So. Yeah, it's 15 to 90. So you're over halfway now. Um, it's just going, you know, it's just gone dark again. But that was really nice. That looks like hot food and dad you've written down there, but I'm guessing it's drink. Yeah. Hot food and dad at <laughs> checkpoint. That's what I need. I need my hot food. I need my dad. Yeah, my dad was still checking, yeah, texting me. So then headed out of there and you, you head along and this is where you can kind of see, do you remember that long, very long viaduct? Yeah. It's not the one from Harry Potter. It looks no. a lot like the one from yeah, Harry Potter. Yeah, it doesn't look like it's the Glenfinnan It's not the Glenfinnan viaduct because that no. lady's in Scotland. Yeah. But it, there is one, you're right. There I like, remember that. Is... There's a, in fact, there's a couple of them on the Felsman route. Mm. Quite um, a big viaduct as well. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. So then you end up going around the side of Wernside and ultimately getting to Dent, which was checkpoint five. Dent. So when we did it at the Felsman, you yep. don't really go into Dent. You kind of come round the back of it. Yeah. So this is the first time I'd gone into Dent proper. I'd only been around the suburbs of it, or suburbs of a little village hamlet. But my word, what a place. Is it? Yeah. Do you remember the... Where you, where I can remember the checkpoints. I, I, I'd come down here and I had a really bad cramp. Ah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah yes, yes. Yeah, maybe because it's in a field, isn't it? Just yeah. out of it. You just get around the edges. But in, in the actual, in this one, you actually go into Dent proper. And you know the place where you where we started the one on the north coast of Devon when it starts down in that beautiful place and you started down at the bottom of oh, uh, in Clavelli, yeah. It's a bit like that. Oh, okay. It's like really old. It's like kind of like um cobbled streety type thing. Right. No pavements. Yeah. You know, you could put a little bit of straw on the ground and do a Hovis bread advert. You know. So I don't think I've got any phone. No, I didn't it was it was it was dark, that was for when you did it. But yeah, it was really nice. And the weird thing was, it's like everywhere was pitch black because now we're kind of like, I don't know, well, what's the, uh, it was probably around, you know, gone midnight. I think it was like two o'clock in the morning or something. Well, the cutoff was two in the morning. Oh, okay. I must, then, so... that. It must be like one o'clock or something. I was there. So all the, all the, light, all the houses were, were, were kind of shut down, apart from like four houses, which were lit up and clearly had kind of parties going on right or you know i think one of them was a pub that clearly had a lock-in right. <laughs> that had gone on for quite a considerable time but no one was going to do anything do you know what i mean there's yeah. lights in the back so it's just like completely silent completely still dead of night apart from four houses where you could hear people having a great time right yeah, really weird headed out the back of there and then you're going up some pack lanes and that was a bit weird you know when you've got the kind of it's kind of a half a foot path but they've kind of got up like almost like a dro- drove, I think, got them where they drive sheep down. So it's almost like a field, but it's not a field. It's very narrow and stuff. And then you end up going over there and end up coming back down down into Sebra. And that was where it was really a bit rough and there was loads of water. It wasn't raining a lot, but it was one of these areas was just really boggy. Yeah. And just, just always wet kind of thing. It was difficult finding your way through there. So then got into Sebra. And I did have a moment there because there was like a, a, you know, like a, a, what they call, it's not a full checkpoint, but it's kind of, you know, a point, a TP4, but there's nothing. It was like, like three o'clock in the morning or something. Yeah. And there's absolutely no one there. So when I got to TP4, I thought maybe someone's got a cup of tea. Maybe there's something here. And it was literally like nothing. 
<laughs> that properly the middle of the night. Yeah. And I remember sat down on the park bench because you're quite knackered at this point. Oh. I don't know what the so was. There was actually anybody there at all. No, no, they were just monitoring you on the on the yeah, on a chat because you were being tracked. So. Yeah. And I thought, well, maybe there'll be somebody there, or maybe. So mm. I sat down on this on this bench at this you know bus stop or something. Had a small cry. Yeah, it was. I did have a cry, but I was a bit like, well, I'm just going to sit down here for like ten minutes and then go. I'm bored. I better get going. Yeah. There's <laughs> literally nothing to do. So from there, you head up onto the Howgills, which is obviously famous because uh, me and Chris won an event up there. Uh, <laughs> that'll be the om. That'll be um, the om. Short, be a... short yeah, yeah, your, your glory days are a long time behind you, my friend. You're not wrong. Uh, and you go up over the Howgills, and up, coming up from there was really difficult to see where you're going. It's one of these things where you, you know where you've got to get to because you've got to go in between those two hills there, and you've got to hit that peak there. But coming up out of there, the route was extremely ropey so you're just following the, where most sheep had kind of walked kind of thing for a couple of miles up and then it was beautiful coming up over the Howgills in the early morning I say it must be getting sort of early morning and yeah, it's sort yeah. of summery so there so, you go yeah so you're yeah. sort of in dawn now so that's the kind of I'm just saying Anthony here little kind of you know, yeah, like yeah, trail, yeah animal trails yeah. animal trails basically up but then when you get to oh, the yeah. top it was it was now sunrise it's and amazing going up to the, the top of the Howgills over the Magus you had such good weather you yeah. are such a, you were so lucky that was really really nice no, I couldn't grumble about the weather at all. It was a bit hot the next day. I will grumble a little bit. Look. But but realistically, you know, you can't. Yeah, it was great. It was great. So how come your maps got so wet then? Well, it was a bit misty. It was a bit wet. Mist, Misty's not going to do that to it. Well, me sweat. I yeah, so, so when you say they should have a waterproof map, really, you should just sweat less, <laughs> basically. I'll work on that. I'll <laughs> work on that. So then you come down the Howgills and, and you kind of feel like you've got most of it beaten by that stage then. So you're coming down to checkpoint seven. And so this was you run down the long spine of one of the what you know, one of the ridges out of the Howgills. And you can kind of, you know, in the in the distance you can kind of see where High Cup Nick is and stuff like that. I mean, you're, you're starting to kind of thinking, oh, I can finish this. I'm hurting quite a bit, but I, I can I can do this. And do you know what? I'm just looking at the timing here. This is really interesting, I think. So you had to do the first sixty miles in I'm just doing the maths. 20 hours, mm-hmm. right? So the first 60 miles, 20 hours, mm-hmm. okay? And then, so 2 o'clock in the morning, you had to be at checkpoint 6. Checkpoint 7 is only 14 miles further on, mm. and yet you've got 11 hours to do it. So, you know, 2 o'clock in the morning to 1 o'clock in the afternoon. So all of a sudden, they, they're, they're kind of just going... Hurry, hurry, hurry. Oh, just relax now. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, don't, don't worry about it anymore. I don't think that was done because, you know, the middle of the night and they want the aid stations. You'd clear certain aid stations by a certain time and then the other aid stations Maybe. doesn't matter because it's the next day. Maybe, don't I don't know. But 20 miles in 60 hours is, I'm not saying it's that's tough as such, but it's that's that's still moving at a decent pace. You know, that's... With that amount of climb and stuff. And yeah. yeah. I mean, that's three miles an hour, right, to that point. Yeah. Okay. 60 miles, 20 hours, three miles an hour. And then, and then to get, but then you've got an next 14 miles and you've got, as I said, 10 hours to do it in or 11 hours to do it in, which is sort of 1.3 miles an hour. So it's, it suddenly drops massively. Mm -hmm. I just wonder if there's a reason. Is it, is the terrain really bad between Dent and Wath or Wath? I mean, it it could be that because they've got that extra loop as well for the extra 15 miles for the other runners, that actually they don't need to close the aid, the the final aid station early because they forced the faster people through. Maybe, I I don't know. Because they were all. Just interesting. It is. 
I remember it being particularly hot. So after that aid station, the sun came up and it was it was one of those properly hot days in May. We had quite a lot on over the top of the Howgills because it was, it was early morning. You know, it's beautiful. You know, the photographs I've just shown you got got nice yeah. sunrise and stuff. But it's still a bit nippy. But actually, then it started to really, really heat up. Uh, I remember having to strip down to you know minimal wear. Were you, were you running in just your pants? I, had, I think I did still have a t-shirt. You'd on. have a t-shirt on. Yeah, yeah, yeah see, I mean... Uh, and then worked your way up over a couple of ridge lines. It was one of those ones, it doesn't look too bad, but actually it goes up and 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 up. And it was, it was a little bit draining. But nonetheless, it was, it was beautiful. Look, more photos of sheep, lots of sheep, thousands of sheep. Nice. Yeah, you can never have too many sheep. It just looks really, really pretty. Mm. Really pretty. It is. It's probably, save Transvolcania, the prettiest route I've done. And I would highly, highly recommend it. This is a really, really good route. Relaxed. Yeah. Really nice people. Really nice, you know, and Punk Panther, really nice groups. First one I've done with them. But, you know, you see their events around. Yeah, they've got really good reputation. And it was just lovely. It was a really, really nice ultra. And I think at 90 miles as well, it, it's a, it, with that, you know, extra 15 mile option, for people you know stepping up to hundreds you've got a bit more time to do it yeah it's a really good stepping stone i, I couldn't i couldn't recommend the route high enough i you know i can still in my head remember a lot of the sites from it you know it's not faded at all you know really distinctive things so anyway you go through great asby and pick your way up to uh, appleby and westmoreland through fields and along streams and stuff like that so you know that that was the essence of the race and i and i finished in well here's the weird bit i'm just going to go into the checkpoints again because you go to Great Asby, which is at 83 miles, yeah, mm. with a cutoff of 6 o'clock, and then the cutoff at Appleby, which is 7 miles further on, is 7 o'clock. If you've just done 83 miles and it's 6 o'clock, there ain't no way you're doing those last 7 miles in an hour. <laughs> so what, no was the t- what was the total time that you had to do it in? Was it 37? I think it's 37 hours, if I've okay. got my maths right. Right, so just coming up to the end... Oh, uh, I can't remember what the race is called. Um, High Dales. I don't know how far I've got left to go, but I'm on the road. Had a nightmare getting through some cow fields. Um, one was okay, but one was a nightmare. T- ten minutes of jumping over fences under barbed wire and electric and had to do a river crossing 200 very frisky cows wanting a piece of me but I lived apologies to the farmer I didn't damage anything just for the record so been a bit of a journey it's a long one got 36 hours to do it i've just finished in just under 32 so i'm quite pleased with that but you've got to stay honest at the start because navigation is challenging it's only about 15 percent way marked got to use a map or gps but even the gps you've got to be really careful lots of people ended up with navigational errors and stuff and the path isn't that well walked so the path might be saying go this way but there's no path 
out makes it tricky to interpret what you see on the ground check the map occasionally what's on the GPX common sense and then still went off a number of times but oh dear I've gone off route what a pain in the arse after all that there's no one here. Oh, there it is. Oh, yeah. Is that it? Yeah. Do I touch that, do I, or back here? Oh, uh, right. Don't worry, your track has stopped. Okay. Um, I've been better, but I'm okay. Yeah, I'm okay. Anything, anything uh, it's it's Sorry? It's vain, isn't it? It is, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did it in 31 hours and 47 minutes. Right. I, I came 10th, because I think some people can run in pairs by the looks of it. I can't remember, but it looks a bit weird on the timings. I don't understand. Or maybe they were people who disqualified? You, you, you could say you came 9th. I think looking at that, I think it looks like I came ninth. Or you could say ten. you came second to last, which just depends which way you like to look at it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I came second last <laughs> in the shorter race. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And I might not. Yeah. Second last is definite. Um, and that's a finishers mind. There are finishers. Yeah. Some, some people, people didn't, didn't finish. So. Didn't finish. So. Yeah, and then there was people that did the uh, the 104. But interestingly, of the 104 miles, looking at the finishes, only six finished. And there were some people there who clearly One, got two, to three, Appleby four, in 90 five, miles. Six, seven, yeah. So and then didn't carry, and then couldn't yeah, finish in time. So they didn't finish. They didn't get a place. No. So as if they'd entered the 90 the 90 mile course, they would have done really well. But unfortunately, yeah. that extra chunk was was enough. Or, or had they? Did you have to enter one or the other? Yeah, you had to enter. All right, one or the so other. so they'd well, they might not they might not even have done the extra. They might have just got to Appleby and went. Yeah, I, I can't go happened. anymore. Yeah, they just. I'm stopped. stopping. They did say it's really hard mentally when you've got to that point to think now I've got to do a 15 mile loop up that mountain and back down again. Yeah, I and can imagine. Were just broken by it, I guess. Yeah. You know, I mean, I kind of knew I would be broken by it, so I opted not to adopt to do the option. Yeah. But it was really good. From there, they gave me a lift and I had a good chat. I recorded some stuff there. Met to another person who knew the podcast. I must say, when I was recording this, I was half falling asleep half the time. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> in, a, in a bit of a comatose, comatose state. Yeah. Very good now. Yeah, in here and sit down. It's nice and cool in here. Oh, wow. Cool. Wow, look at this. <laughs> Uh, no, I probably can't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. How funny today. Listen to the recent one about the race recommendations. Oh right. And uh, you said you were doing the Dale's Highway. I was like, no way. <laughs> I'm recording now, actually. So that's going in the podcast. <laughs> oh, good man. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was like, what? I was like, I've got to keep an eye out for you. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, um, look at that. T-shirt. Thank you very and much. One medal. Congratulations. Awesome. Thank you very much. There we go. There's your finisher certificate. Oh, fantastic. For completing the Brilliant. Race. Thank you very much. And I was given a lift to the train station. 
by the lady with the organisers and then uh, got the train back. And obviously the thing that I was really worried about was having got back on the train was getting off back at Saltaire to get my car. Did you and drive straight afterwards? I did, but I only drove a few miles back to the youth hostel. Right. And then, and then basically slept there. So I'd got there like mid-afternoon or whatever, or slept there, and then and then took the next day off work. So no, I didn't get back from there. But but yeah, it was just uh, being woken up, and I set various alarms on my phone, told the the guard on the train to wake me up, had family members ready to phone me up, and the guard said, "Yeah, don't worry, I'll definitely get you up." And then he totally forgot. Fortunately, you know, <laughs> my alarms or whatever, or family phoned me, and I got up up the train. And as I was getting going down the platform, he went, "I was supposed to wake you, wasn't I?" <laughs> Like that's all right. <laughs> that's okay. So no, it was it was a great event. I would highly recommend it. I don't know how people would how many names were there on this one then? So just under thirty or so. Um which is a tiny um, event. Yeah. And how many did they have last? That About was last the same. Year. That was last year. That was twenty twenty three. Sorry, that's this year. So less. Look, people, these guys need your support. This is an excellent race. Highly recommend it. Utterly beautiful. And there's only like 30 runners doing it a year, if that. So put it in your diaries. Go do it. It's awesome. It looks absolutely amazing. Um, yeah, it really, really does. It's interesting looking at the, the timings of the, the finishes. The, the, the winners of the 90 miles... This is going to sound probably faintly ridiculous, but are much much quicker than the people who've done the hundred and four miles. And uh, you know, you, you can see that people yes. entering that. There's clearly a, a mindset, probably difference in those people entering the two of them. Yes. You know, you know, what the person who won the ninety miles won in twenty three hours. The person who won the That's this, uh, year. this year, the person who won the one hundred and four was in thirty one and a half hours. But it didn't. I'm sure that extra. T- I'm sure they probably went through. 90 miles much slower so it's yeah you know, it's interesting to to see the because it took them an extra eight and a bit hours yeah and even though they only had i say well, click on 2022 let's have a look at that was, the year before the people were much quicker look at that 24 hours for the 100 mile yeah but again the 90 was much much quicker yeah you caught course records and stuff yeah. set in you clearly had a decent year for running taking nothing away <laughs> from the listeners who did 2023 who still whipped my ass yeah absolutely yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely they did okay so let's do the quiz give me the race details it's a race of either 90 miles or 104 with a 37 hour cutoff yeah with what 34 with four and a half, 14 14,500 14, foot of climb in the 104 has got 16,500 yeah a climb so yeah fairly hilly beautiful yorkshire and good runnable trails. Good runnable, good runnable trails, lots of variety, bit of everything for everyone. Best bit? The views. Stunning. Worst bit. Some of the checkpoints, I think, you know, might well they not the checkpoints, but the, the intermediate points they marked on like nobody there. But as long as you know that, it's fine. They weren't dedicated checkpoints. You weren't expecting anything. But you were. But I was. <laughs> <laughs> A little pick me up at like the four study, in the morning. The the disappointment of, of turning up to a bus stop and there's nobody there. Yeah, thinking, oh, well, it's a, it's a checkpoint, isn't it? <laughs> so, would you recommend it? Absolutely, yes. You know, it's relatively early season in May. Yeah. So it's a really good option for for doing other ones. I had, you know, a few weeks after that, I was down to do the one down on the south coast and stuff, which was, a, you know, a good trail along the Jurassic coast kind of thing which would have been fairly gnarly and then you know a longer distance and a, and a tighter time so because of the time and the, you know just under 100 and a bit more time 
You know what I mean? It's a yeah, really nice I, stepping stone. I was thinking that this, if someone was doing the North Downs Way 800 with Centurion, which is in August, mm. this could be a, in May. Yeah. This is a, this is one that would test you. Yeah. You've got the same amount, if not a little bit more vert, a little bit less distance, but a lot longer to do it in. Mm. And so you could take it a lot easier and it would be a really good testing proof for you. So I guess the question, which I probably know the answer to anyway, uh, injuries aside, uh, would you do it again? Yes, I would do. I would definitely do this one again. Obviously, I can't. No, and, and <laughs> we'll I think... That, well, well, and I think here's the bit, that when you finished, mm. you were clearly struggling quite a lot. I can remember... Yeah. Either talking to you or sending you a text message, a text, and, yeah. and you saying, I, I'm, "I'm having real, real snags now." Yeah, and to be honest, I can't remember what was aching at that time. Was it my leg that was gone? I can't remember, but I couldn't go any faster than I was going. But you know, it's me. It's saying it's. I'm not. I'm no Anthony. In what way? <laughs> In what way are you not me? <laughs> I wouldn't want to be. No, exactly. <laughs> and nor my wife wanted you to be either. <laughs> so, up. Uh, I guess the point is, you, you've never been one for just smashing it out. You've always been one for walking, running. Yeah, I've always been one for walking, running, and I've always been one for the adventure. And this ticked that box. And, yeah, I was able to run. You know, I, I ran a reasonable amount in this, not as much as maybe I wanted to do. But even so, it was still still good. But, I, you know, I knew, I knew I had, you know, finishing this, I knew I still had snags in my legs, which was a little bit, a little bit disappointing. So I'd hoped through all the COVID and rehabilitation and stuff that it would kind of be better. So I kind of knew I had some problems, uh, you know, hence going to go and investigate them more and stuff like that. Well, so. and I think this race was the thing, finally, that drove you to get your leg sorted. Yes. Because, because I think you realised that every race you were doing it was getting worse and worse or you were struggling more and I more. I wasn't getting better at trail running no um, and and I had big aspirations after I finished the spine race you know I remember well you were like you were down five races. you were down for UTMB and yeah. all sorts of stuff so yeah, uh, I, I was down for like eight races you know UTMB I should be doing next month yeah. Um, clearly I'm not yeah um even though I had a a, a ticket and stuff oh, and, and I guess we'll get into that yeah in the next podcast yeah so setting up that next podcast might be saying that I, I came back you know I'd had various physios and kind of external investigations into my leg thought it was like MCL and this that and the other is so ligaments and damage and stuff like that which clearly had taken far longer to heal than anyone possibly thought yeah. still had issues uh, no spoilers, no spoilers for next episode, no spoilers. Yeah, that required but, um, more investigation. Yeah, and, uh, uh, which we will talk about yeah. in the next episode. So look, hope you've enjoyed this one. Of course, you can follow us on Twitter and on Instagram. We are at Runners on Trail. Um, I think we've got an email as well, haven't we? Yes, we have, mate. Is it runnersontrail at gmail.com? It's only taken you about four years to learn that. <laughs> <laughs> which is good yep you can email us run us on trail like some other social stuff as well but you're yeah. in charge of all that stuff yeah exactly okay. I can barely do email I've shown you how many unread emails I've got uh, okay genuinely I'm looking at this and Thane has <laughs> seriously has 25,863 unread emails <laughs> that's bananas I'll get round to them sometime I yeah. think the only person who's got more is um like Jeremy Clarkson, I think he said on the video, he's got like 110,000. Unread emails. Unread emails. What's the <laughs> point? I'm sure I'm not the only one. Probably not. Uh, so look. It gives me something to do when I get old. Yeah. I can go back to, oh, look. So um, we'll be back. Clearly, um, uh, not soon, because Thane's got 25,000 emails he needs to read. <laughs> um, but uh, we will be back. And until then, take care. And enjoy the trails. 
Harness und Trail.